I V M. You are listening to the Signal Daily, brought to you by Front Page Studios. Cryptocurrencies have come a long way since they were introduced. While many are still skeptical about it, in Lebanon, it's become the lifeline, a means to purchase basic things such as grocery items amid the country's economic crisis. This small West Asian country was plunged into one of the worst economic crises in 2019. According to the Financial Express, the country's ailing economy was contributed by decades of expensive wars and bad economic decisions. And all of that led to the closure of banks. Depositors were barred from withdrawing their money from the banks, even as they demanded access to their savings. And in the middle of this came COVID-19, further worsening the crisis. And now, after three years, the Lebanese lira, which is the country's currency, has lost over ninety-five percent of its value. The inflation rates are increasing at the rate of fifty percent every month, or one thousand percent annually, as reported by Cryptopolitan. It had left the public starving for funds to pay for the essentials, and as the faith in banks dwindled, that's how many Lebanese people turned towards the crypto market. According to a ground report by CNBC, people across the country are mining cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Dogecoin, which are then converted through exchanges to pay for their groceries. Similarly, Tether, which is another cryptocurrency backed by the U.S. dollar, is used as a local currency and is widely accepted by businesses. Chainalysis, which is a blockchain data firm, reported that Lebanon's crypto transaction volume is up about one twenty percent year over year, and it ranks second only to Turkey in the Middle East and North Africa. Cryptocurrencies have also become a lucrative option for the locals, as it is easy money since you only require the hardware and electricity to mine, or you can simply buy it online. Now, trading crypto as a payment is prohibited under the Lebanese law, but the local government is barely bothered by the increase in popularity of cryptos. Though there have been several crackdowns in the currency by the authorities to restrict illegal crypto mining farms, which were using illegal electricity, CNBC reported. But as Lebanese people try to survive with the help of cryptocurrencies, one wonders: Can a country fully run on crypto in the near future? For the next few minutes, you're going to know a little more than you did yesterday from the world of technology, business, policy, and anything that leaves you with a food for thought. Hi, I'm Shorbury, and I'm taking over for the week. And here is the deep dive for November seventh, twenty twenty-two. The clock is ticking. The effects of climate change have been grim and are expected to get worse. Amid all the compounding disasters that we've seen across the world all year round, Egypt is hosting the COP27 climate summit, which officially started yesterday on November sixth. More than thirty thousand delegates, including world leaders like U.S. President Joe Biden, British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, the French President Emmanuel Macron, and others, have gathered at the UN Climate Change Conference to discuss the climate emergency. However, some, like Russian President Vladimir Putin, Chinese President Xi Jinping. Australian Prime Minister Anthony Albanese and Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi are giving it a miss this year. Another notable personality missing from this year's summit is Greta Thunberg, who denounced this year's event, alleging that this is a forum for "quote unquote" greenwashing by corporations and countries, with "quote unquote" extremely limited space for civil society, as reported by the Washington Post. 
Now, one of the main topics of discussion at COP27 is going to be reparations, also known as loss and damage payments. And Pakistan, which had witnessed some terrible floods earlier this year, is taking the lead on this with a block of over 100 developing countries. As reported by the third poll, the block has called for the creation of a dedicated loss and damage fund. So far, developed countries have been against the establishment of a fund to resolve loss and damage despite producing the majority of greenhouse gas emissions. They argued that taking accountability could lead to a flood of lawsuits from nations at the forefront of the climate emergency, think Pakistan, and that they would have to pay billions, which these richer countries want to actively avoid. Instead, as highlighted by a CNBC report, high-income countries chose to initiate a new three-year conversation for funding discussions at COP26 last year in place of a proposition for a loss and damage financing body. Now, looking around the world and all the reports on climate disaster, it's quite obvious that there's a gap between all the pledges that have been taken at previous summits and actual action. And this includes the Paris Agreement as well. Last year's COP26 was fierce and hope-inducing with several countries taking a pledge to control deforestation, slashing methane emissions, and introducing new national emission plans. But many of these countries are already defaulting on their pledges. Experts say that it's imperative to reduce global emissions to achieve net-zero carbon emissions by the year 2050. On the contrary, there are few signs that this trend will actually change as emissions keep rising by 1-2% to annually. Can we hope for rapid action? The Signal Daily is produced in association with IVM. This episode was written and researched by Aritra and Manaswini, edited and produced by me, Shorburi, mastered and mixed by Ajay Rajput. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are the signal.co on Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter. 